Man, spoiler alert, Scott. My stream is still at three to three. <laughs> <laughs> but the Sooners are threatening. Well, so I'm a, I'm I watching. I, I guess I know how this is cast, end. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Really, yours is that far behind? Because mine's like we've already moved past four to three now, and now they're they're already going to the review oh, system okay. about something completely else. Yeah, I'm on ESPN Plus, and so am I. Still three to three. No, I'm watching it on Statcast. Uh, well, th- there it is. <laughs> we we now have a run across the plate. So there we go. Um, so I'm uh, that's what like a solid minute and a half behind. Oh, easily. Yeah, maybe even more than well, that. Well, that's awesome. Thanks, ESPN Plus. Thanks, Internet Provider. Yeah. That shall it's remain nameless. Oh, no. I hate, to, I hate to break this to you, but now they're having technical difficulties on ESPN Plus. The screen flashed and went to red, and now it's the <laughs> standard B-roll of experiencing technical difficulties right oh, now. Well, so, I'm still watching the game. So. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, guess, I guess for another two minutes. My I'm, stat I'm, cast is still working. It's doing better than <laughs> I mean, as soon as they're going to replay, ESPN starts having difficulties. Okay, now it's back. I, d- I don't quite know what they're looking at here. Uh, StatCast doesn't say. Call on the field is safe at home, so I guess they were reviewing whether or yeah. not that she actually made it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still watching, so I'm, I'm significantly behind. I want to have to look up who this pitcher is for Miami of Ohio. She's she's uh, she's been dealing. I mean, she's starting to get banged up a little bit here. But you know, who doesn't against this this OU juggernaut? I I know, she's uh, she's going <laughs> through it right now. Well, what was the victory lap last night? As Scott mentioned in the two minute drill, the Spurs end the Thunder six game win streak. I I didn't think that was going to happen by any means. I thought the only interest in that game last night was going to be the the Chet Wimby matchups that we were provided and and that became very secondary to what was actually a pretty good game I think in terms of of competitiveness or I guess uh, if you're a Thunder fan the lack of competitiveness defensively for OKC but uh, I I imagine good to watch Wimby not only perform well but be on the right side of the outcome. It was just fun. That that was another fun game back and forth between the two by the way Ashley Hitchcock big fan. Um, I, there were moments where I felt like that, um, might not ever see this again out of San Antonio, the rest of the season to where they are. I mean, they, they've been last in the league in three point shooting the entire year, the entire year. They, they hardly ever shoot like that from the perimeter. And last night, they went out and had probably their game of the year in shooting. They hit timely threes on top of Wimby doing what seems to be a nightly occurrence now when he gets through with a game. I see a tweet about this is the first time since this that this has happened, which is wild to think about. Every single game that he plays now, he's doing something that we haven't seen since like 93 in Olajuwon. Well, we haven't seen this since Ralph Sampson. It's it's insane. San Antonio, by the way, um, improved to eight and twenty when winning or tying the three point line last night. They're four and twenty eight when they lose the three point line. So you know, 
they have four more victories when they actually shoot more threes than anyone else. But that's just the level of, of rosters. Yeah, Wimby has three 25, 10, 5, and 5 games this month. That's the most since Akeem in 1993. That's insane. And there was a point last night where, again, it, it felt like that these two were, were going at it. It was it was Chet. I mean, there was a sequence there at the end of that game when Oklahoma City had cut it to like nine or six. Oh, by the way, that is a massive I spoiler alert, Colby. That is a massive bomb that OU just hit. That is, I believe, a three run shot that now extends the Jada lead Coleman. for them in Jay. Three Coleman. run shot? I there's not even two people on base right now. Actually, you know what? Stream. It was a two run shot. I'm sorry. So oh, okay. it's it's six okay, to three like, now. My gosh. Six to three now, and she knew it the moment that it left the bat. So yeah, six to three now in the bottom of the sixth. Um, but yeah, so Santa, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma City had cut it right at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth, and then San Antonio was just kind of like padding their lead for a bit, and then it got to double digits, and Oklahoma City cut it back below double digits, and there was a moment there where you thought, okay, if this is the run that's going to happen with about four left, this is where it'll be, and Chet had an unbelievable post-up move, then turned and faced Wimby, and with his right hand, like, scooped it underneath Wimby's arm, you know, in into the uh, into the hoop, and Wimby went on some weird stretch where he hit, and the one area of his of his game, by the way, Oklahoma goes back to back on the home runs now. So now it is seven to three. <laughs> Still four to three. <laughs> yeah, you're you're still a tad bit behind. Yeah. But Wimby goes down and nails it nails like three possessions in a row of three pointers, and the lead just gets extended that much further. And at that point, and it I was kind of like two blocks defensively in that stretch. Yeah, right? it, it broke Oklahoma City's back in that final moments, and then the real the real capper was when Chet tried to fall away. And Wimby just stuffed it, and Chet fell down. And at that moment, I think the entire celebration was on. Um, look, wins are hard to come by in San Antonio. It was it, they're so hard to come by that they gave Wimby the mic after the game, and he addressed the fans, basically saying, "Hey, it was great to finally be back in front of you guys. I missed this bleep, and uh, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what this." What we continue to build here. Thank you for for always supporting us. That's how big of a win that was last night for San Antonio. They gave Wimby the microphone to address the crowd afterwards. Wild. But I don't think they'll have a a, a performance like that. Maybe the rest of the season, where they shoot that way. And you know, quite frankly, it was still a night that I felt like you come away from. And and Chet played incredibly well. SGA was doing SGA things again. They just didn't have an answer for the outside shooting that San Antonio had last night. Well, it just kind of seemed like out of the gate they defended San Antonio like they were one of the worst teams in the NBA, and they defended San Antonio like they are the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. Yep. And kind of made San Antonio prove that they could hit those shots. The The problem was, I think, once, once they showed that they were going to make shots last night, like the Thunder defense never really got better. And you allowed a team to get hot from the outside, and then they they just maintained that, and and shot lights out for the entirety of the game. But I thought I thought defensively there was just such little uh, intensity, I guess, from OKC for for the entirety of the game. And I thought they just kind of they just kind of thought that they were just going to outscore 
San Antonio down the stretch. And while, you know, the offense really came on, uh, the, the hot shooting for the Spurs continued and, and they didn't really have an answer. And then you get Wimby getting a couple defensive stops, right, which was monumental. And and that was the ball game. But, yeah, he, he was he was terrific. And he was great late, right? Like, regardless of what the stats are of the course of four quarters – when the game was in the balance, I mean, he, he seemingly had his, his best moments. And I, I thought watching both of those guys last night, you know, Wimby is still so raw, I think, as a basketball player. And you can see, I think, in, in just watching, like, the way that Chet plays, he's, he's just so much more polished, I think, in terms of his just feel for the game. And it feels like Wimby's quite a ways off for having that, that I think, comfortable a feel for the game as, as Chet does. Yes. And it's crazy to think that because when he gets there, I mean, what does that look like from a basketball perspective? Because he just seems so green uh, and... and you know, it's, it, he's still doing what he's doing. It's mind-blowing. It's almost like... Um when you watch him now, I, I don't want this to come across as, as if we haven't seen any growth uh, because Wimby had the big game early on against Phoenix. We scored like 38. And then he kind of had his, we need to figure this stuff out a little bit. And pop had him on severe minute restrictions at that point to where he was playing like 20 or less to start the season. And now he's up, almost to 30 here over the last month or so and, and stretch of the season after the all-star break and even before it. But I still feel at times he's just getting away with a couple of things because of just overall length. And yeah, uh, it's, he still looks like I texted you last night and said that he reminds me of a baby giraffe kind of wobbling around out there, which is much different from the, um, baby fawn on ice that he looked like at times early in the season. Like he's starting to get it. But I'm I'm here to proclaim that the couple of moments last night that we saw him where he is hitting deep threes off of screens at 7-4, where he's pulling up in transition, if he goes from shooting 32.5%, dude, Let's just say over the next three or four years, he increases that to 38%. You know, I'm not even yeah. saying like go over 40, but it increases it by like 6%. And that becomes more of a regular thing. Like, holy hell, what are, what are we what are we getting ready to see? What are we getting ready to witness? Well, that's one of the things where I say, you know, when, when I watch Chet play and his feel for the game just seems to be so much further ahead of Wimby and just, I think the overall like basketball IQ, you know, I like hit when hit, when Wimby's shot selection alone gets better and his understanding for, I think the way that the teams are defending San Antonio, like when, when he gets a really good understanding of, of all of that and when to call his number and when to make plays for other people. Yeah. You imagine that efficiency starts going up and, I mean, he, he starts to really transform into, I think, what a lot of people, you know, proclaimed him to be. But I, I saw somebody tweet this last night. I don't remember who. I think it was a local media member. 
but I think it said something along the lines of if every single Wimby Chet matchup next season isn't on national television, what is the NBA doing? Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to trend that way, and I hate putting pressure on just two players like that. Oklahoma City, by the way, based off of what they've done this year, should find their nationally televised games go through the roof next year. You know, because it came out they this should, year and yeah. they they had a, several, and you're like, okay, that's still not enough for how good that we thought this team was going to be, and that was disappointing. But after what they've done this year, they're going to be on national television a lot, and they should be. Uh, but yeah, they should. I I think any time that you get a player, like I said, that every single time the game is over, you see another stat where it's like first time for this since. I think you need to find a way to try to get some matchups. I'm I'm not just saying more Spurs games in general, but there should be a Wimby versus Embiid. There should be Wimby versus Chet. Yeah. There should be Wimby versus other other people until San Antonio gets back to a certain level. Well, because they are both rookies, right, and because their skill sets are so comparable, I mean, that's the obvious that's the obvious rivalry, and it's been fun to watch this year, and the NBA has always, for my lifetime at least, marketed itself on superstars. Like, why, why on earth would you not look at what the future of the NBA potentially looks like and maybe the future best matchup in the NBA – and these two guys that, that from a skill set standpoint, given their size, are just so unique and, and really the only players that are, are similar to each other, why would you not make that a marquee thing every single time? Yep, I agree. I agree. And there's already that little competitive spirit between the two, you know, the, the rumblings yeah. that they may not yeah. quite like each other. And I, I watched from the get-go last night just to see how they kind of responded to each other and I thought it was cool. They go out and, you know, Chet kind of daps him on the chest a little bit and, you know, kind of gives like a, a, an homage to it. And they they go after each other. It's it's fun when they go 1v1 versus each other. And watching two, yeah. two players that have somewhat of a similar style try to figure each other out. And when one gets, gets a, a hand up or a leg up on the other, it's like you can almost see it back down at the other end of the floor. Like they almost take it personally. And whether they like it or not, they are now tied at the hip together moving forward. Just in narratives around the That's NBA. Right. So I And I think you've got to try to take advantage of that in the next round of, of stars uh, in a league that I saw a tweet earlier today. Uh, it was from one of the guys at the Ringer that uh, – had tweeted what his opinion was on the current top 50 players in the NBA. And what I mean by those guys being tied at the hip and the league needing to take advantage of it. So at the top was Jokic, then the next level was Giannis and Embiid, then it's Luka, Steph, and F SGA. So Steph is getting up there in age. Uh, the next level is LeBron, Kawhi, Tatum, and Booker. Then it's KD, Jimmy Butler, AD, Halliburton, and Wimbenyama's already on that, that level there. But, you know, you start looking through this, and Harden's still on this list, and a few other guys, like, they're going to start to gradually take themselves and play themselves out of this just because of age. They can't keep it up forever. And if you get the opportunity to have marquee moments like that on TV, I think you take it every time that you can. 
Well, and in this era of having these super teams where you have so many loaded rosters that, that maybe, you know, if, if you like take the majority of your big name superstars, like that doesn't balance out well in terms of how many opportunities that is for you to display, you know, those guys separately, right? Because they're, they're all kind of built on, on several teams. If you have a chance to start promoting a superstar that's on a different team, why why would you not take advantage of that? That's yeah, I that's I know, and, and you know there there is one thing. By the way, I loved how Oklahoma City basically just tried to make Wimby work last night on the offensive end. You know, they help strong on him when he when he starts his dribble. You know, they're trying to force him to kick it out to teammates on the perimeter. Um, you know, that works on a night when you're not shooting the way that that right. San Antonio was. Now, to your point, when you finish 19 of 39 and you go 9 of 31 and you haven't tried to do anything to adjust what you're doing defensively, that's a little bit of a problem. Here's the other thing, though, and this this worries me, and I may be going a tad bit over the top with this, and I'm not meaning this player is an all-star caliber player or not. By the way, Miami of Ohio just pulled one back. It's now 7-5 to five in the top of the seventh after a solo shot. Zach Collins, and I, I joked yesterday when you said, all right, who from the San Antonio roster would even be on the Oklahoma City roster? And I still think that Zach's physical stature and what he does is kind of a reminder of maybe a little bit more of what Oklahoma City is going to see when they get into the playoffs. And there's there's no doubt that he made an impact last night. I mean, he had 13 and five boards. And that's probably one of the better games that I've seen him play as of late. Miami of Ohio goes back-to-back, by the way, on bombs. Two solo shots in a row. It's now 7-6 to six in the top of the seven. Um, but, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on that everyone had kind of pointed to about size for Oklahoma City once they get into the to the uh, NBA playoffs. I don't know why that's something you'd worry about. The Thunder are picking up Mike Muscala today. Ah, uh, that's right. I forgot the about that. The savior is coming He's back. He's back. He's back. Fan yeah, favorite. Yeah, I mean, if Zach Collins is, is a guy that can hurt you, I mean, you think about some of the teams in the playoffs where, you know, you, you have to think about what your deficiency is and, and where those teams can hurt you, and, and that has to be very troublesome, right? I mean, yeah, and, we've talked about this for a, a few weeks. I think the, the first-round matchup is going to be vitally important to maybe having some kind of understanding of, of how far you think this team can go. Yeah, and I – Trust me, I'm not going overboard on Zach Collins. And it was just a one-game impact, but it does at least show you in the negatives that have been pointed out about how the roster is constructed in Oklahoma City that that could be a thing. And you are not going to believe this. Miami of Ohio has gone back to back to back. And it is now tied at seven. At the new Love's Field, and there's still in nobody out, in and the there's top of nobody seven. out at the top of the seventh. They've given up four runs. Wow, no outs. Have they built a hitter-friendly park there in uh, in Norman? That's not Jordy Ball, is it? That is not Jordy Ball.
Wow. This is wild. And Sorry, I that was just so far behind. stunning out of the corner of my eye. Sorry. <laughs> wait, 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 is this still seven to five where you're at? Seven six. Okay. Just, right. Yeah, just got the the second of the home runs. Hey, you want to make a bet that Miami of Ohio goes yard here again? <laughs> no. Okay. Has it already happened? Uh yeah, it's already happened, so. But yeah, I mean, the, I, I thought the Thunder, the Thunder kind of approached that game last night like a team, and I, I said this earlier in the week, like a team that's ready to play in the playoffs, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was kind of the approach. Like they they kind of went through the motions early. Well, and to give them credit because they've been on a pretty good run. Yeah. yeah. What's that stat they sh- they flashed up? I mean, they've they've virtually been offensively the best team in the league offensively in the entire month of February. And, you know, things are going to happen. You you lose games sometimes that no one expects you to. Are you oh, ready? I just you I ready? finally saw the the it's now 7-7 seven, seven on my on my feed. Are you ready for this nugget? You know, yes. Colby, those other guys are professionals too. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. Mhm. If the San Antonio Spurs didn't exist, they they might not be though. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They might not be, or Could, at least maybe not in uh, in that league at least. All right. So here's a here's a hypothetical. If Wimby had done one year at college, would that team be in the Final Four? Oh yeah. Would would that team in a, just one year? Would he take them to the final you four? You could put him at Louisiana Tech, and they're going to the final four. Seriously, at Louisiana Tech, you think so? Yes, absolutely. What about Wimby at Tulsa? Would Tulsa go to the final four? Yes. I mean, there's the lack of size in the college game. Is shocking. If, if I mean, anywhere but Duke. A, anywhere but Duke, right? I, I don't think I could yeah, take that. But that would be that would be god <laughs> <Or> Kansas. <laughs> Imagine Bill, Bill talking about Wimby. <laughs> I mean, think about how many dominant big men there have been in the college game, just simply because they're big. Because there's, on a nightly basis, you just don't have teams that have the the size to defend them. Are we seeing that now with Zach Eady? Yeah, there's there I mean what was the Gonzaga kid? It was there with Chet, Chet. Holmgren. <laughs> Not Chet, but the the other Drew Timmy. Uh-huh. That's that's a good example. Another one. Like good college like terrific college player, right? All-American college player. Pro- probably has no business at the next level. But on a nightly basis, you just didn't have the type of size that could defend him regularly. So you think Wimby at like Law Tech, they would go yes, to the Final Four? Yes, hundred percent. Now that would be a sight. Seven foot four Frenchman in Louisiana. <laughs> Actually, he'd probably fit in. There. How do you stop him? I don't know how many. I mean, there are teams that their that their center is like you know six nine, six ten. 
on top of the fact that he has an incredible game, but you, all, you just post him up literally every time down the floor, and there's no answer for it. Man, now that hypothetical is running through my through my brain. I'm just trying to come up with teams. I'm like, are you sure? What about ORU? Would ORU make it yes. to the final four? Yes. <laughs> if you have players that can just put one foot in front of the other and, like, not fall down trying to get up and down the floor, I, I think you're probably Okay, good. that's fair. Need somebody to throw him the lob and you're set. What would he average in college? Well, it depends if he was on a minute restriction, I guess. But that's another thing too. Is it'd that the re- it, it'd be the recreation of like Pistol Pete in college and scoring forty and fifty a night? You know, he got two early fouls last night, and I thought, okay, this is the stretch here where we're going to see Popovich, and we won't see him again until like five minutes to go in the, the second, second quarter. One was, what, like eight minutes. It was, it was left quick. in the first. Yes, it was very quick, and I thought, all right, we will not see him again until midway point of the second quarter because that's been the way typically the pop has handled that and he left him in there and i thought okay this has a little bit of a different feel to it that might as well have been san antonio's nba championship last night with the way that it felt well and we talked about it yesterday i i I think a lot of the national narrative on that game was like the the battle for rookie of the year right and whether that should be the case or not Often, you know, perception is reality. And I I think there are probably a lot of voters that put a lot of stock into the matchup last night, right? Mm -hmm. They did. And that was coached like a game that had a lot of stock into what was going to happen with Wimby and his award situation. By the way, if you're a national uh, voter and you're looking at that and that's how you're dictating uh, who's going to win the uh, <laughs> the rookie of the year, then you need to pay a little bit more attention <laughs> to the rest of the rest of the season. You know how many voters there are just in sports period. Like I don't, I'm not just singling out the NBA or, but in sports period, and I know people like this that are voters in in different areas of sports that literally don't watch any of it, like they get all their information from like what SportsCenter tells you. I, we had an example of one in the top 25 college basketball earlier this week, remember, with Arizona State in the top top yeah. 10 with a 14-14 record? It happens all the time. You have these people that have these votes that aren't paying attention. Uh, yeah, guaranteed. I, I don't know how many vote for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I don't, I don't either, but... I, I just assume that it's it's probably about the same percentage of people voting for that as as every other thing that you know probably aren't actually watching yeah the games on a nightly basis. I mean, there's nine hundred something Heisman voters. I mean, there are there are these beat writers in college football that spend their entire day at one college football campus, right? Working, covering the game, covering the press conferences, then writing their stories and stuff. And by Monday, they have to put, they have to like vote on a top 25. They haven't watched any of those teams play. <laughs> like, that's the reality. That's, and, and there's, I think that's, 
the case in a lot of different things. You just have these voters that sometimes just don't have the time to be able to watch it. Yeah, they're just doing their job. That's all they're doing. Yeah, and then other times, just you know, they they see what they see from Sports Center and the the highlights and you know the 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 narratives they hear from the national shows, and that's what they base their opinion on. But yeah, I, I think there probably were a lot of voters last night that probably put a tremendous amount of stock. Whether it was like going to make or break your vote, you know, that's probably a different story. But probably put a lot of stock into what happened last night. Yeah, they shouldn't. So, anyway, all right, let's take a timeout. I'm Colby Daniels. That is Jeremy Poplin, Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers football studio. We've got a thriller in Norman. We'll give you updates on the other side of the, of the break. Pop has the reins next here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.